Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Topic is restoring broken fellowship. And we're going to look at why it's important and um, how we can fix relationships that are broken. And um, this week we had the State of Origin. It was a good game. Any footy fans out there? Two? Um, and I was thinking, you know, imagine how many like New South Wales people and Queensland people have broken um, relationships just over this football game. And uh, we won one game, which is good. We didn't win the series, but maybe one year, maybe not next year, but maybe one year, we might win. And uh, we'll come good. Just like my wife's cooking, you know. She's a quarter Italian, so I thought, you know, one day she'll come good. No, I'm joking. She is an awesome cook. She cooks so good. Her um, Italian side has definitely come out of her in the kitchen. Um, and what's with football contracts these days, eh? Like, I heard the other day there was someone signed a contract for, like, five years, and then a year later they're just like, I don't want to play for you guys anymore. So they're just, like, committed to playing for this team, and then they just want to uncommit. And um, from what I know, normally when you sign a contract, that's, that's the deal. And back in the day, you used to just shake hands. If you shook hands, that was a deal. You, you stuck to um, your commitment. But yeah, like footy players just think they're too cool, eh? Like just sign a contract and then they just pull out. And I think that's sort of shows what the world's like these days. Um, you know, and it's just such a bad standard to leave for the next generation. But as a church, we need to stand up for what's right and honour our commitments, I believe. So let's just pray. Lord, just thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word you've given me. I pray that you just speak to people change people's lives, change people's hearts tonight, and um, just speak through me, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. So if you've got your Bibles handy, or your U version, you've got your U version, yeah. Pastor Shane, yeah. Yeah. 2 Corinthians five eighteen to 21, and it says, now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So what does all that mean? Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. God has made us right with him because of what Jesus has done, should we believe in him, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So he's given us the ministry of making relationships right and helping people come to get their relationship right with Jesus. Verse 19, that is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We're Jesus' representatives on earth. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, be made right with God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He made him. Who's him that made him? God made Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become righteous. So Jesus, fully perfect, without sin, exchanges for us that are sinners. And we take on his righteousness and he takes upon our sin, and that's what we call the beautiful exchange. That's an awesome deal. Um, and what I get out of that is relationships are worth restoring. And aren't we thankful that God sent Jesus to die for us? 
um, to restore our relationship with him. And it says in that passage that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation. So we're here to love others, to help people come to know Christ. But also God wants us to make an effort to keep and value relationships. And there's a lot of the New Testament that teaches us how to get along. You think once you become a Christian, you just know how to get along with people, hey? But the Bible teaches so much about how we can get along. And Paul taught that our ability to get along is proof of our spiritual maturity. You know, Paul says, if you've got anything out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Then he goes on to say, I'll put it as urgently as I can, you must get along with each other. There's such an importance of getting along with each other. And we should be peacemakers. You know, in Matthew, it says, Jesus says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called children of God. You know, so it doesn't say God will bless peace lovers. You know, some people just love peace. You know, but it says he will bless those who work for peace. Are you excited about that? It takes effort, it takes energy to work for peace. And peacemaking is not avoiding conflict. Jesus often, um, we can see he, he was never afraid of any conflict. And um, sometimes we need to avoid conflict. Sometimes we need to create conflict in order to fix it. And sometimes we just need to resolve it. And peacemaking, it's not just giving in. Because sometimes we need to stand up against what is evil. So we're just going to run through quickly a few tips that you can use practically in uh, restoring broken relationships. So number one, pray to God first. It might seem so simple, but how many times you got a problem with someone and you go tell your friend or you go tell someone else, oh, I just got a problem with this, blah, 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 you know? But pray to God first. It's so much better than gossip. Many conflicts happen because we don't pray. In James 4, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? You want something, but you don't get it. You do not have because you do not ask God. So number two, take the initiative, whether you're in the right or the wrong. And how many times have you heard people say, oh, I'm not going to go talk to them. They did the wrong thing. They can come to me. But we need to take the initiative. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus emphasizes the importance of restoring broken relationships and it says if you enter your place of worship and about to make an offering you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you abandon your offering leave immediately go to this friend and make things right then and only then come back and work things out with God you know when you've got a problem with someone and there's a broken relationship it just it distracts you from pressing into worshiping God and Jesus just emphasizes that importance of fixing that first and then come to God. So number three, schedule a face-to-face meeting. So, you know, when you text people or email them, it can be misread so easily, hey? But face-to-face, that's how it's meant to be done. 
And why, why would we go to that effort, you know? But the Bible says sin, including unresolved conflict, blocks our fellowship with God. You know, it's just such an important thing. Number four, sympathize with their feelings. And um, for most Italians, not for me, but they're really good at talking. Just talk more than they listen. And it's, it's simple if you forget. Like if you're Italian, you might forget. But just remember you've got two ears, one mouth, and um, it'll be all good. In Philippians 2, uh, 4, it says, Look out for one another's interests, not just your own. Man, how much would everyone just get along so good if we looked out for others' interests more than our own? And the Greek word there for look out for is skopos. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Um, which means to pay close attention. So it's not like just taking the time to listen to someone and go blah, 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 and um, yeah, yeah. But actually pay close attention. And um, patience comes from wisdom, and wisdom comes from hearing the point of view of others. How crazy is that, hey? That we can get wisdom from hearing other people's point of view. And listening says, I value your opinion and I care about our relationship. And sometimes it's a, it's a sacrifice to patiently listen to someone, especially when they're like fired up, angry. But if we just patiently listen, because this is what Jesus did for you, to save you. You know, we were in the wrong. All of us were sinners before coming to know Christ. We're all in the wrong. Jesus was in the right, but he sacrificed himself for us. Number five, confess your part of the conflict. So if you're serious about restoring a relationship, you should start with admitting some part of your own mistakes. And you can just ask God how much of this problem is my fault. And if we're claiming that we're perfect, we've got to be kidding ourselves, yeah? There's only one person that's perfect, and that's my little daughter, Zion. She's the closest thing to perfect, anyway. Uh, true, true. But, um, yeah, confess your part and ask God to show you how much of it is your problem. Number six, which we learn in the origin, attack the person, not the problem. Just joking. Attack the problem, not the person. You know when people will, like, get angry and they just start going off and you just talk calm have you noticed when people talk calm and that person just cools down and they stop being angry but if you just fire up back then it just gets more fiery more heated and as it says there Proverbs 15 1 a gentle response diffuses anger so true number seven cooperate as much as possible Paul said do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. You know, sometimes we can't get people to to help fix a relationship, but we can do our part. Number eight, emphasize reconciliation, not resolution. What does that mean? So emphasize on making things right with people, not trying to fix the problem. You see, resolution, trying to make things right focuses on the relationship 
Whereas when you just focus on the problem and trying to fix that problem, that's all you're focused on is the problem. We can't agree on everything and um, we can fix a relationship but sometimes we can't fix the problem and we can still get along. And God expects unity with us as a church but um, he doesn't expect us all to be the same. He's created us all different. And just got a little thing here. Unity equals diversity in harmony. So we're all different, but if we're in harmony, then that equals unity. And that's what God wants from us. And sometimes it takes a lot of effort to restore relationships. It's not easy. That's why it says to work hard at living in peace with others. But when you work hard for peace, you're doing what God would do. That's why God calls peacemakers his children. So what we want to remember from that is relationships are always worth restoring. And from Romans 12, 18, do everything possible on your part to live in peace with everybody. You know, sometimes you hear people say, oh, I just, got, just can't handle this person. They're just getting on my nerves. And you ask, you know, have you, have you prayed for them? And I'll be guilty of the same, I'm sure. But, you know, it's just such an obvious thing. But we forget. We just get caught up in it. But that's the first thing we need to do is pray for that person. So what we might do now, just for a minute, is just close our eyes for a second. And let's just consider and pray about who do I need to restore a broken relationship with today? So Lord, I just pray that you'll just um, reveal to us if there's any broken relationships, broken fellowship, Lord, that needs to be restored. And I just ask that you'll just show us how to go about fixing that situation. In Jesus' name. So the other thing you can look up now, that's all good. The other thing I wanted to share about is our relationship with God. And, um, you know, in Romans 8, verse 1, I think it is, it says there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. So remember that. But there is conviction. Just want you to turn to the person next to you and just say, conviction is good. Conviction is good. I think Johnny Fusco said it the best. You know, it's conviction of our sin that helped point us towards Jesus in the first place and it's conviction that keeps us focused on living for Jesus and um, I just want to share a little thing during worship a couple of weeks ago God showed me a picture of um, a wedding ring it had like diamonds on it and the wedding ring went on and then it came off and uh, I'm going to leave it on because I like it on and um, so first, I just want to pray for marriages in the church. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. So Lord, we just thank you for every marriage in this church, Lord. Whether they're here tonight or not here tonight, Lord. We just thank you for what you have put together, God. Let no man separate. And we just declare that every marriage in this church will flourish in Jesus' name. And the, the other thing I felt was... Um, the main thing I felt really was when the rings come off, it just broke God's heart. And I was like, what, 
what do you mean, God? What do you mean by that? And the Bible teaches us that Jesus is coming back for a bride, which is the church. And we as disciples of Christ, we've made a commitment to him. And Jesus has done his part. He's died for us. And our part is that we would surrender our way of living and live for him. As it says, uh, as Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And that's the same for each and every one of us here tonight. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And we see people like Paul and Timothy, plenty of other people in the Bible, they were just so committed to Jesus. They were prepared to even die for him if that's what it took. And I mentioned before, like football contracts, and we need to make sure our commitments aren't like that. We need to make sure our commitments aren't like that of the world. Talk surfing language for a minute. Any surfers out there? Steve Crates? Oh, no, you, yeah. I'm sure there's a few out there. Geez, they're not very noisy tonight, eh, Shane? All good. So we'll talk surfing, right? If you don't surf, you can follow along. It's all good. You can just uh, pretend that it's you paddling for this wave. It's six foot, which is like about that high. And then, I think I'm six two. But surfing talk, we, we like add a bit, six foot five. So you're paddling for this wave, right? And you commit. You commit to taking off. You know what I'm talking about, Josh Taylor? You commit to taking off because whenever it's six foot, you always go there. And you just take off and you're going along and it's just like perfect, smooth day and it's just barreling over. And, um, you know, if you commit to taking off, you can have a future and a hope in surfing. And if you want to know what that barrel feel feels like, just talk to Andrew Imo after the service. He'll let you know all about it. But there's some that commit and then they uncommit. So they're paddling and they're going to take off and then last minute they uncommit. But then what happens is you get sucked over the falls and you want to hope it's not reef down there. And then the wave comes after you and just like smacks you in the back of the head and it's not fun. But that's what happens when you commit, then you uncommit. You go over the falls, you get punished. It's not fun. Then there's those that don't commit at all. They're sitting out the back, they're too scared. Six foot, I'm not catching nothing. I'm just going to work out how to paddle in. Or better still, I'm just going to sit on the beach. I'm not committing. But if you commit, you can have a future in surfing. And it's likewise with our walk with Christ. We're called to commit commit 100% to him as he has a future and a hope for us you know too many want the benefits of Jesus you know come to church feel righteous I feel like I'm in right standing with God but want to live for themselves obviously not our church because we've got awesome church here must be other churches but you know I think there's many Christians that want the benefits of Jesus but don't want to commit everything so we're going to have time shortly um, to come up the front to the altar and on that note we'll just get the band come up if that's cool and um, yeah don't worry about what people think tonight hey if you just feel like I just want to commit afresh to Jesus 
and um, you just want to surrender any any part, any part you put before God in your life, and you just want to surrender that. You can come down the front in a minute. Maybe you just want to worship Jesus more. You can come down as well. Maybe here tonight you just feel like that's me. You know, I just I've been living for myself, and I just want to commit afresh to Jesus. I just ask that every eye be closed, every head bowed. Maybe here tonight you've realised you're not right with God. You've never started a relationship with Jesus, but you want to. The thing is, you can't earn right standing with God on your own because all have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of God's standards. We're all sinners before coming to know Jesus. But the good news is, Jesus has already paid the price for you. Jesus came, lived a perfect life without sin. He died for each and every one of us. Then he rose again, conquering sin and death once and for all. He was the perfect sacrifice, the only sacrifice that could pay for our sins. And if you believe in the truth of this, you'll be saved. You'll be made right with God, washed clean, forgiven, and spend eternity with him. The other bonus is you get to commit to, to living for him while you're here on earth. So if that's you, you just you feel your heart pumping and you're just like, that's me. I just want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to start a relationship with Jesus. I just want to ask you to raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand if that's you. You want to commit starting a relationship with Jesus. And Lord, we just want to pray for all of us here tonight, Lord. We just want to commit afresh to you tonight. We just want to surrender everything of self to live for you. And we pray for healing in relationships with people. And we just ask that you give us the strategies and the words to say. And what we've learned tonight, Lord, I pray that you just help us to practically outwork that, Lord, in relationships. And we just pray for healing in those areas, Lord. And we just thank you tonight, Lord, for making us right with you by sending Jesus. And we're sorry for where we've put ourselves before you. And Lord, we just ask you that you just help us keep focus on you. And we just want to worship you again tonight.